In my head I can get so far away, the colours here are bright, not black or grey, and my imaginary friends, we always get our way, the madness never ends and I just want to stay, but then I wake to seek escape, escape again, hey hey hey, this day has gone too fast, with people like you, make it seem like it's the last, selfish, helpless and not a part of me, you'll never make me what I don't want to be, your words spread round, the same, dead town, dead town and streets. You'll never see what I believe till it's sunny in England. Well, it is sunny today, and so welcome to Luke Morris in his shorts and sleeveless t-shirt and the happy, happy, board game loving episode nine. you come out of the lavatory? Son, what are you doing in there? Son, would you, your mother needs the WC. Da, I'm listening to Happy Happy Board Game Lovin', if you don't mind. This is Charlie Eastman from the Little Wooden Cubist Board Game Podcast. If you're not listening to Happy Happy Board Game Lovin', don't you dare listen to mine. Afternoon everyone and yeah, welcome to episode 9 of Happy Happy Board Game Loving, your one-stop shop for all things deep and insightful about board games. Uh, first up a little bit of housekeeping, uh, I recommend Little Wooden Cubist to you all, uh, that little clip there from Charlie Eastman, I only put on clips that people send me if I like their podcast. Unfortunately, <coughs> all the clips people sent me so far off podcasts I like, so that's okay. Highly recommend that he's a funny guy, a man after my own heart, I would say, who loves his games, but doesn't tend to take it far too seriously. That's a good thing. Also, uh, for those of you that like to keep bonus point scores over their spouses or children, uh, kudos to any of you that realise that the quote from before the, uh, the intro track was... Um, a, a group called Three Colours Red who have uh, sadly split now, they're a British group and the song was Sunny in England and I thought I'd quote it today because it is sunny in England all you naysayers from around the world it is sunny today, it's a beautiful day I'm sat inside at my computer and I wish I was outside I've got a nice cold drink with me so that's good <coughs> it's, uh, it's been raining apparently all week in London but what do we care about London, it's only a fake city anyway up here with the gods in Birmingham is beautiful, it's been beautiful all week and uh, so long may that continue, summer's finally come to, the Engl- to England, probably about two months late but at least it has come beautiful anyway uh, I've got a lot of things to get on with today first of all, um, thanks to uh, Five Star Fall who uh, don't know I use their song but at least I go through the right routes and I get it from a free download site, I just have to mention the name every time, so 5 Star 4, what planet are we from? A fine group, a fine song. Uh, next, <coughs> so, so I've got a bit of a cough today, have you noticed that? Particularly in the older Gulliver um, and the throat as well, a bit wary all around there, but I should hopefully be okay. Um, we've got... <coughs> okay, sorry about that. We've got a few segments as usual. This week we've got uh, the, ooh, the Discover Cover 
the discovery of the week. Very exciting. Uh, we've got a review this week. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Something else should be a game in life, but what is it? You'll have to wait and find out. A game got a second chance this week. Uh, very nice for the game. As you know, a lot of games I may play once, not really like, but then eventually I may play a second time. It gets a second chance, and uh, I see if I still like it or if I don't, and then I let you guys know as uh, as the listener and of course as the customer. Um, most of you got this game already, so uh, you probably don't need to listen to this bit um, when it comes up. But needless to say, this game. Um, it's something that I haven't played. I played, and I didn't play for about 18 months. And people were telling me to play it again. Um, it was, I was planning to play it again at Bacon before I couldn't go because of a wedding that I had to go to. I know, I know. I was bottling it really, but don't tell them. And uh, finally, I got to play it at Caster Dice, the gaming convention last weekend. So uh, I'll leave you after those clues. I'll leave you all to guess what it is over the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes or whatever before I do that segment. Also, uh, as usual, got a feature today. This week, it's uh, six things in board gaming that only you will appreciate. You see, uh, there's some things in games that we can all appreciate. The uh, and I'm using my um, inverted comma fingers here. The elegance of a game, we can all appreciate that. The uh, the beauty of a game, how how marvelous and how magnificent it looks. Uh, the wonder of a of a fine board or a fine plastic figure or a or a wooden cube, little wooden cube. Uh, but there are some things in gaming that only you, the individual, will appreciate. So uh, we will look at those when I get to the segment. So I guess we should probably get on with the show. So tally ho and uh, and on with it, gentlemen. Many 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 And uh, that sound means it's time for a competition. Very exciting. Woo! Uh, a lot of other podcasts. Of the board gaming and other variety, I see a uh, trick you all, dear listener, by uh, saying, our competition will happen at some stage during our three-hour podcast. So uh, listen and uh, you'll find out when it is and you can enter then. And then they'll put it at that sort of two minute, two hours 55 or so. But I'm not smart enough for that. So I thought now's a good time to get a competition done before I forget and uh, you guys can hopefully carry on listening if you want to so anyway the competition this week um, is going to run over sort of this podcast the next podcast of which it will be quite soon don't worry listeners it's not going to be like another six month gap I'm back on track now my love for board, ca- board gaming and podcasting has returned Broadcasting almost um, so this week next week then Sorry, this podcast, next podcast, and then the podcast after that, I'll announce the winners and send out the prize. The prize is, are you waiting for this? Is the deluxe uh, print version of uh, Tor, which is my professional cycling game, which um, is currently doing quite well in the Board Game Geek uh, sort of average ratings. So it's boardgamegeek.com and then search for Tor, uh, which is game ID 25105 you like looking for things by number because you're kind of mathematical like that um, it's a game that seeks to um, recreate team based tactics and excitement of pro cycling it's gone down quite well especially with people that I've played they seem to really like it especially those that have at least a passing interest in cycling I've done, I've done my best to try and uh, bring in as many 
tactics of cycling as possible. So you will find there are breakaways where the riders are having to sort of relay with each other to build the lead, but then they'll slowly get dragged back in by the chasing group that start working together. Uh, guys will drop out the back of the group because they're too weak and weedy, um, as all the cyclists have different skills and strengths in it. You can play single races, you can play tours, you can play seasons. The boards can all sort of interlock together in different ways, which is what I wanted to do to get as many uh, stages and tracks as possible into the uh, game. In the rules, it has all the different ways, all the different courses that you know the boards can make. Unfortunately, I've uh, got no more of the uh, sort of my fully handmade extra special versions they're all accounted for and I'm working through them still at the moment because they take ages to do um, but what I've been providing for people uh, recently the last couple of months is that uh, for 8 quid or 15 dollars is um, sort of a print play version but it's a deluxe one so they'll send me the cash I will um, send them the files for them to print off everything themselves you know they can start in black and white if they want to try it out first before they go to colour and then I send them all the plastic pieces they need for that so there's plastic cyclists so that's uh, five cyclists for each of the six teams there's uh, plastic uh, tokens for keeping track of your, sort of your rider skills as the race goes on there's dice, there's a whole lot, there's the CD for the sound effects and stuff for the beginning of each stage you can uh, see if something special has happened before the stage like weather will affect different country riders and so on, that comes with it all um, so that is the, so it's called that, the super deluxe uh, print and play version that's what I'm going to give away today uh, well, in two podcast time, I'll start giving it away today to uh, those of you that want to enter this competition. So you get that completely free, eight quid or fifteen dollars worth of game, completely free. Um, that includes postage, so you don't have to worry about hidden costs with me. I'm a very honest kind of guy like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's what you'll be getting. So I think that's not a bad, not a bad prize, especially for free. All you got to do is answer four questions. Uh, the person that gets the most right. Or if it's a tie, I'll do a draw for all those that get it right. The most right can enter the draw, and then one name get drawn out, of course. Uh, please, can you send your answers to hamsterofury at hotmail.com, which is H-A-M-S-T-E-R-O-F-F-U-R-Y at hotmail.com. No spaces, no peas in hamster, remember that. So anyway, on with the questions. Um, so are you sitting comfortably with your pen in hand? Then let us begin. Number one, who won this year's Tour de France? A simple question to start us. Number one, who won this year's Tour de France? Number two, which brilliant Danish rider was unfairly thrown out of the Tour while leading this year? Number two, which brilliant Danish rider was unfairly thrown out of the Tour while leading this year? Which uh, left me not actually watching any of the stages after that in, in upset, actually, sadly. Uh, number three... Which creature did Marcus Berghardt for T-Mobile crash into while he was riding on the tour? That was uh, one thing of cycling that was all over the news because it was vaguely entertaining to see. Uh, which creature did Marcus Berghardt crash into while he was cycling on the tour? Uh, number four, the last question. Which British rider held the polka dot jersey after the stage ending in Canterbury? So you had the prologue, then the first stage was London to Canterbury. And after that stage, which British rider had the most polka dot jersey points and therefore wore the polka dot jersey? And I was there that day, it was fantastic. I was in Canterbury cheering everyone on as I went past. Really, really very exciting spectator sport, considering you only see them for like 10 seconds as they go past. The noise was incredible. The, sort of the vibe, the tingling up the spine was sensational. I'd definitely go to see another stage. And uh, when this British rider got on the uh, podium wearing his jersey, 
everyone went mental, which was great to see. Of course, he lost it after a few stages, but that's beside the point. For four days, a British man wore one of the, the jerseys of the Tour de France. Ah, oh, it was beautiful. Anyway, uh, that's enough of me thinking about cycling. So that's the competition. Remember, Hamster of Fury at Hotmail.com for free uh, print and play copy of my game tour. I send you all the files. I send you all the plastic bits by post, no hidden costs, and uh, so you get that completely free. And there we go. On with the show. Ooh, it's the discovery of the week. Hey, that was uh, Charlie Eastman from Little Wooden Cubist who sent me uh, that little segment bit and ooh, the discovery of the week. Uh, those of you that listened to the last podcast will remember that um, I opened up that little that little introduction for this section to any of you, anyone that uh, wants their, their voice to appear in the show and therefore become famous to millions of people around the world. Um, can send me a little clip of themselves going, Ooh, the discovery of the week! <laughs> sounding as sounding as carry-on, or as are oh, you being served as, as you want, really. And uh, the best one I will stick on the show, and everyone will rejoice in your in your slight campness. Uh, so anyway, thank you for that. Um, this segment is a relatively new segment. I thought, um, considering this is a happy, happy board game loving, there was too much negativity in uh, in my gaming life. I'm, I was looking at my slags of the week. I was looking at um, I was looking at games that I'd only play once and never again. You know, my, some of my slots were a bit negative, and so I thought what I was going to do is look at the best game that I played that week or since the last podcast to bring to bring a moment of joy to each of our lives. You want to know what to, you don't want to just know what not to play. You want to know what to play, and therefore I feel that it is my responsibility as a gaming podcaster uh, to bring you at least one of those from time to time. And so, ladies and gentlemen, my discovery of the week... Ooh, it's the discovery of the week! ...is the game Hamster Roll, which is, of course... Ooh, it's the discovery of the week! Oh, that'll never die. Anyway, that'll never grow old, that little slot. I might try and sneak it in a bit later again. Get most of my money. Anyway, um, the game is Hamster Roll, which is designed by Jacques Zimet, published by Zoch Verlag. Um, it's for two to four players. It's of about 20 minutes or so, and it is a dexterity game. Beautiful. And what I like most about this game is it is called Hamster Roll. And what's more fitting for a man who uh, for some reason goes under the name of Hamster of Fury on uh, BoardGameGeek and various other websites around the world um, than a game that is named after a hamster's wheel. Beautiful. Hamster Roll. Um, so it's a dexterity game. It was, it's a beautiful thing. I played it at the Cast of Dice. Much, uh, much to Sue Fisk's entertainment. Um, showing it very funny that uh, that I went for hamster roll and she went I'll get the hamster game for the hamster that's very clever Um, anyway it's a game that basically at its centre has a big wooden hamster wheel Um, it's a beautifully tactile experience playing this game so you have the the hamster wheel which is probably the size of a very large dinner plate you know one of those big ones if you go to a fancy place a fancy sort of a restaurant that has one of these massive great big plates and then fills sort of the, the tiniest little bit in the middle with food. But it's one of that, like that size but of, uh, of wood, um, uh, probably a, 
a few inches wide, and then within it there are there are sort of uh, the sort of wooden bits going all around it to split it into sections. And the idea is you each get um, a number of different wooden pieces of different colours and different shapes. And on your turn, you have to put a piece clockwise on from the last piece that's placed, either in the same section, but so it ends up higher than that piece, or in the next section up and around. And then you place it there, and the next, next person's go. By placing your piece, the wheel, of course, will roll a little bit towards that side. Hence, hamster roll. Or, um, yeah, so you'll, you'll roll a little bit. Um, any pieces that, because of that roll, fall out onto the floor, like fall out, out of the wooden confine, so if it falls down into the next section that's okay, if it falls out onto the wheel or the floor or wherever you're playing it, onto the, sorry, onto the table or the floor, um, you have to take those pieces back into your hands, so it's the first person to get rid of all their pieces. And I, for some reason, appear to be absolutely useless at this kind of dexterity game, I don't know why. I love sports. I've never had a problem with sports. I would, um, in my very humble way, I would go so far as to say I'm pretty good at um, picking up new sports. Never really had a problem. I'll just play a new sport and generally have sort of at least an average grasp of it. Um, but with this kind of game, I'm useless, and I really don't know why. Um, unfortunately, we were playing with five, but um, two of the guys played together, Richard and Miriam. Um, unfortunately, and sort of I played with them because with four you can play like a team game. And unfortunately for them, I was useless and I let us down. And I kept knocking bits off and they all ended up in my hand and the other team won easily. So I do apologise, Richard. I, um, I salute you as a, as a fine man and a fine games player and a man with, with great um, patience towards me. And I do apologise for, for wrecking your game, really. But anyway, they bought it on the basis of just our one play and I can't wait till they bring it over to play with uh, me and my wife because it's a load of fun. Um, I don't think it's the easiest game to get hold of. In the UK we can get it. I know that uh, Shire Games stock it uh, for like 32 quid or something bargainous considering that is a lot of wood and beautifully curved wooden wheel involved in that. So I heartily recommend you going out your way to get in hold of that game. Hamster Roll is a fine quality dexterity game. Get it. Ooh, it's the discovery of the week. So then, anyway, on to the uh, next segment. <laughs> the next segment um, <coughs> is the feature for this week. And it is the half dozen things that only you will appreciate uh, when you play a game. This is probably on the back of, uh, probably I'd say, two of the things I've noticed myself doing, or happening to me in the last few weeks, that... Uh, that kind of annoy the guy I play with, Richard. Bless him. Bless his cotton socks. Um, one thing can't be helped. The other thing I I do tongue in cheek, um, and I do it more and more now because I realise it annoys him. Because I'm I'm a considerate gamer like that. Oh yes, I am. You really don't want to play games with me now, do you, listener? Dear listener. Ah, oh, such a shame. Anyway, <coughs> these are the half dozen things that only you will appreciate about a game when it happens. So uh, we might as well get into it, shall we? Number six. Number six. Number six. Uh. Anyway, number six is uh, the thing that I do that I could probably stop doing, but I find it quite entertaining. Especially uh, recently we've played a game called Viking, and uh, I've played it three times now with Richard, once um, with two other players, the other time just two players. And the idea of Viking, it's a fine game. The idea is... Um, all the um, a Viking wooden piece and a piece of land are put out like in pairs around the wheel, 
which will have variable amounts from 0 to 12 and then you uh, bid how much you want for different pieces so uh, for example you could bid 1 and you pay 1 then you get the, the man and the piece of land that are at 1 if you want those bits or you could bid 6 and so on you can only bid you can only get the 0 piece of land when it's the last coloured viking of that colour so if it's the last blue one there you could then take it but you couldn't take that one if there was another blue one there you'd have to pay for the other blue one first and then when the zero has been taken the wheel rotates around so the next piece the next cheapest piece now becomes worth zero so everything else gets cheaper very clever now uh, then you build onto a map in front of you you score points at the end it's a cool game it's a good game I'd highly recommend getting it um, but this isn't a review this is just part of a segment I must remember that um, anyway what I've done I've managed to win all three of those games now and uh, so what I tend to do now is I'll, I'll raise my arms high maybe I'll give him the victory salute as only a true Britishman can do and uh, and I'll say yeah I've solved the game this game is solved and I might like, kick back click my feet up hands behind my head as I'm acting up now maybe another couple of V signs I've solved the game the game is solved and that drives him mad I appreciate it massively I find it very funny because uh, of course I haven't solved the game really um, I've started doing it now on games I've just won for the first time after maybe losing it a few times I've solved the game and it's my little quote which uh, makes me an annoying person to play with I won't do it with people that I don't know I won't do it with people who you know I've only played with a couple of times but with Richard especially maybe my wife I'd do it as well um, I do it because I find it very funny and uh, they, I don't know if they really get annoyed though. if they really really get annoyed they might have to stop doing it but I do find it quite funny I've solved the game so number six on the uh, half dozen things that only you will appreciate is when you win a game you have to dwell in the moment you have to really enjoy it kick back V signs solve the game oh what a feeling you'll love it everyone else will want to murder you with a can of coke at your head number five so number five is something that's happened to me the last, uh, <coughs> I don't know, I reckon probably happened 15 times out of the last 18 to 20. And this is, um, however many, whether it's just two player, three player, four player, and we sort of do the old random turn order thing, stick everyone's colour cube or meeple or whatever in your hands, give it a little shake, and then let one drop out to who goes first. It's always me. Unless it's better to go second or last. If it's better to go last, then the person who is to the uh, left of me will be going first and therefore I go last. And I can't explain how it's happened and I appreciate it massively and it's now a running joke and it's hilarious and it always comes out to me. Richard's become like uh, some kind of Zen Buddhist about it or very fatalistic. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be you, it's going to be you and it always is and he'll be throw his arms up in despair. Oh, and I could even, but I might actually start on top of that going, I've solved going first, I've solved going first. Uh, that, I think that would go down really well as well. Um, in fact, at Cast the Dice, when we were, we were going to play Viking with three, and I just one turn order, as usual. Uh, Richard thrown his hands up in the air, oh, and I had nearly, I've solved going first, I've nearly done that. Um, a fourth guy came over to play the game, and uh, then I went last, and it doesn't really help going last in Viking. So perhaps that has I was going to say that I was going to break the uh, the run, but then other games afterwards later that day we played, I went first again. So uh, I'm lucky. I appreciate it. Everyone else hates it, generally. But one day it will come to an end. But while it's still going, I'm appreciating being first in the turn order, unless it's best to come last, in which case I'm last. Beautiful.
number four. <coughs> what I find, good thing to do in games, it rarely happens to me sadly, um, maybe with uh, new people playing, uh, generally with new people playing, not someone you've played the game with a lot because they'll, they'll know more about how you play the game. So if it was with Carcassonne, I couldn't really do this with my wife, I play Carcassonne a lot with my wife and uh, you know the evil version within Inns and Cathedrals because we're evil to each other in that game. Um, but maybe if I did it with another group at the end, and you've won by the biggest score you've ever won, and uh, that's that's appreciative to you. You know this is great. You've tried really hard. You've won really well, and uh, it's your biggest victory. Surely the thing to do is uh, tell everyone else at the table that that was your biggest win ever in that game that um, other people you've played have kept it closer but that time you'd nailed it perfectly and it's your biggest win ever in the game so perhaps next time that happens to you maybe you can look out at the, at the slightly sad faces of the people that um, have been completely trounced at the game and tell them it was your biggest win ever in the game it's something you'll appreciate but I don't know if they will still it's worth a try Number three. Number three. Now it's nice um, to squeeze in as many games as you can, especially at a convention. Um, you can go, you can uh, play with the same people each time, which is nice. You know, form a kind of a bond, a four-five-player bond, where you play game after game after game with each other. Very nice. Um, or you can go from table to table to table to table. Um, a beautiful thing to do is a. Uh, squeeze in games before the game you want to play with others and uh, so as you uh, finish the one game that people have been really looking forward to playing and you're, it's your squeezing game before you know your, your, your real gaming friends are, are completing the game for their day you know completing their game to start the game with you so um, the last turn you're playing kind of standing up backing away from the table because your, your friends are starting your game and then sort of toss your pieces there and uh, run over before they pack away the game. That's p the perfect squeezing in of a game before the next game starts. That's perfect. Get as much as you can out of the day. Leave them to tidy up. Leave them to score. Even better if it was your biggest win of the game. Biggest win in the game ever because as you're moving over to the next hope you can turn around to announce it's your biggest win in the game ever. Maybe uh, maybe give the old V signs of solve the game as you're backing away. And uh, I don't think people would appreciate it but it's something that's very appreciative to you the gamer and of course that is the most important thing so number three play a game squeeze it in before the game you really want to play even if it means having to sort of back away just as the game's finishing everyone will love you for it number two um, number two in the things that only you will appreciate is uh, realising after playing a game for say the third or fourth time that you actually hate the game so it's important to realise you hate the game because uh, you don't want to keep playing it time and time and time you know maybe not being so sure about it you know maybe mm, uh, is this good is it not maybe I'm not too sure so it's very important to realise you dislike a game and that you don't want to play it again generally the sooner the better maybe maybe my, uh, my Buddha segment isn't too good in that you sh maybe you shouldn't just play a game once maybe you should play it twice but you know that's what my got a second chance segments for to turn Buddhas into discoveries and so on um, so realising you hate the game is a good thing to do unfortunately it's probably not the best thing to do just as your wife declares it as her favourite game ever 
See, something you can appreciate hating the game, but it's probably something your wife won't appreciate when she uh, raises her arms in celebration. I love this game, Luke. I'm buying this game, and we're going to play it all the time. I love it. Just as I announced that I hate it, and it's my least favourite game. So uh, number two, it's good to realise you hate the game, but probably not just as your wife declares it as a favourite game ever. <laughs> Number one. Uh. So number one in this uh, half dozen things that only you will appreciate is uh, is being amazed at how you can fit 75 of your friends' game pieces in your mouth at once. They probably won't be too impressed. Uh, they will. They, their eyes may scrunch up. They may even shed a tear as as the meeples or or wooden castles dribble out your mouth covered in saliva as they uh, frantically try to wipe them off to put them away in the uh, Ziploc bags but only you can you can appreciate it you've never done 75 before you probably will never do 75 again after but for that one day you are you're a big mouth genius 75 meeples in your mouth at once that's fantastic no one else can ever appreciate it but you will so the number one thing that you can appreciate in gaming that no one else will is managing to fit 75 of your friends game pieces in your mouth at once Brilliant moment. Ooh, it's the discovery of the week. No, Charlie, it's not. It's not the discovery of the week. We've done that already. It's time for our next segment. It's a segment that's been 18 months in the making. Much blood, much sweat, much tears, many sleepless nights, hair being pulled out, blood pressure rising. But now, I can safely say... Raw. You got a second chance, got a second chance, got a second, got a second, got a second chance! Hey! Raw! Raw! Yes, I'm sorry for shouting, ladies and gents, but I do believe you have to shout to invoke raw. Uh, that's what people tell me anyway. Yep, uh, finally. I'm sure you'll all be pleased to hear the game of Ra, designed by Reiner Knizia, got a second chance. So uh, well done to that. It's ranked number 14, the 14th best game of all time, better than many other games apparently. Up until uh, Saturday, in which I played it actually, I rated it a three out of ten, and that's not good, is it, ladies and gents? No, it's not. Let's all shake our heads together and wonder why Luke could be so stupid. Ready? Let's get some shaking done. Oh, Luke, you're a fool. You're a fool and an idiot. I certainly am, and I make no pretensions otherwise. But uh, Ryan never did it for me. It's a game um, which I have gone over before in previous podcasts. I won't uh, dwell too long on the mechanics of it basically it's an auction game uh, Mike Hibbert from Into the Gamescape will call it an area control game but he's clearly an idiot also um, so we'll we'll ignore that part um, we love you really Mike but you're an idiot um, the idea is uh, you bid um, for tiles that are laid out on the board um, and the highest bidder gets them uh, some you keep just for that epoch of which there are three um, others stay with you the whole game um, so on your turn you either place a new tile into that pool you know for people to bid for or you invoke Ra 
and call an auction then and then you, you it's your turn you get the last choice to spend you know to enter the auction there so you can see what everyone else has bid up to then um, if no one else has bid for it though you have to pay to take it so uh, that's a negative side of invoking rather than no one else wants it and you try to invoke it early uh, so it seems to all be a balance of uh, working out when is the best time for you to get something that would also kind of get other people as well they're all very smart um, but it just never really sat well with me I've only played it like once to be fair it was one of my Buddha type games I just didn't see the thrill of it it really just didn't win me over people seem to love the theme the theme didn't really excite me to waste which is strange because I don't mind a good Egyptian theme I also, I also like a good uh, auction mechanic that's fine Khanitsia has two games of my top three to his credit namely Through the Desert and Samurai I love them both so you know hats off to him hats off to the big man he's great um, but this game has never really won me over now finally it cast a dice I sat down and played it um, I managed to play it with Mike Hibbert from Into the Gamescape as well as uh, Cyan Nick two other fine upstanding men from uh, the same gamescapey part of the world so uh, got to play that with Cyan Nick and Mike Hibbert from Into the Gamescape as I said earlier, I promised them a game at Bacon, but uh, sadly had to go to a wedding and they haven't let it sit since, saying that I bottled it and that I was scared of, of getting to love a game that I thought I hated. Well, uh, I suppose I'd better let you know how it got on. Um, I was winning after the first epoch, I don't know how. Um, obviously, some kind of innate genius had taken over me for the day and I was doing very well in fact I was very close to uh, giving the old V's and uh, I've solved the game which would have gone over very well of course uh, sadly at that point uh, Mike Hibbert seemed to develop some kind of eye fingers uh, namely he managed to when his hand was going in the bag he was managing to uh, always draw the tile he wanted uh, at this point me and Sai especially were very suspicious of uh, any kind of genetic alterations to his fingers and uh, therefore when he kept drawing tile after tile after tile that he wanted after everyone had gone out and not been able to bid anymore that turn so he could just put out which tiles he wanted um, we were very suspicious of the fact and of course he won by a very long way after that um, all we needed was for one more raw tile to come up there was space for one more and then that would have been it he wouldn't have been able to get any of them but he kept going anyway and filled the whole row with perfect tiles that gave him a brilliant score um, and we couldn't catch up at the end of the game I think Sai had about three more points than he started with when the game started so really he could have gone for a cup of tea for the first two epochs and then just you know managed to get a couple of the older monolithic style buildings at the end and probably had the same number of points uh, I came third I think um, but you know beating Sai that day was hardly an accomplishment sorry Sai but it's true and you and I know it and uh, Mike won by miles uh, anyway so what I've just done to my uh, view of Ra it's, uh, it's definitely gone up from a three and it's gone up to a Five, uh, which which is still not particularly good. Um, I'd still rather play a lot of other games after it. I can see more now the beauty of it, but still, I just it doesn't excite me. The thought of playing it doesn't enthrall me. I think at this time that I played it with guys that were having a laugh, and I enjoy playing games with at conventions. I love playing games with them. Always have a good time, and uh, that definitely helped because when before we played it. Was I played with people it was a bit drier and a bit more serious and that really hurt it so I'd imagine the five might actually be because the people I played it with and they could make the worst game seem vaguely entertaining 
So, uh, you know, I'll play, I'll play Rara again. I'm sure 5 means something like that. I'll play Rara again. But only if there's other things I didn't really prefer to play. You know, if it's the last game there after a nuclear apocalypse and it was just me, the giant cockroaches and a random board game player, um, I'm sure, and just a copy of Rara, then I'm sure I'd play it. And, you know, I'll play it from time to time, I'm sure, but it won't be reaching those 8s and 9s for me ever. I'm afraid, I don't think I might get to a 6 one day, but I can't see it getting any further. But you know, you win some, you lose some. I'm sure Nitzia's not too sad that, um, that I'm a lone voice, a lone dissenter in the dark on my own, moaning about the game as everyone else seems to love it. So anyway, that's Ra. He got a second chance, and he did better this time. So well done, Ra. That's off to you. Actually, just briefly, while uh, we're at this point where I was mentioning a game, I played at Caster Dice in uh, in Hanley, which is the uh, the posh city centre name for Stoke-on-Trent, the potteries of uh, England. Um, I'd like to mention another game that I played a couple of times that weekend, which I which I'd got you know there ready for me. When I got their game called Funny Friends by uh, Freedman Free, so I won't go into it too much because this is a family show after all. But uh, all those over 17, as the uh, game suggests, please go to Bog and Geek and check out Funny Friends and see what it's all about. I just have to say that uh, Paul, this is a personal message for you. Um, I don't think I'll ever see you the same way again, I'm afraid, mate, and I'll never forgive you uh, for running off from me while I was with child. Shame on you, man. Shame on you. It's a review, it's a review, review of the games, it's a review. Anyway, uh, I thought I'd have a review this week, I very rarely have reviews these days. In fact, out of the eight podcasts, I think I've had four, maybe three, which is criminal of me. Especially when I've got in my hands a fine game that deserves reviewing. It is a game by Yehuda Berlinger as the bus goes past. It was um, originally a game about collecting candles for your menorah, uh, Jewish fans and uh, Jews that are listening, uh, shalom to you, and uh, it was a game about um, getting your candles for your menorah to light it, um, but they've changed it now to a slightly less religious uh, a religious position. Uh, it's a game called It's Alive, and uh, I'll read the spell from the back of the box for you. It's the turn of the 19th century, and mad scientists throughout Europe are competing for the infamy of being the first to create life through the power of alchemy. So a little bit different to uh, Judaism there. Um, Using only the raw materials provided by some dubious suppliers to the anatomical trade, in inverted comma fingers, um, harnessed lightning and the services of a motley crew of unattractive servants, you race to collect the eight body parts needed to create your monster and bring it to life. Unfortunately, the local peasants are particularly clumsy and tend to die in freak farming accidents, so the dubious gentlemen rarely find a whole cadaver, that's a dead body for you guys, in sufficiently good condition. Instead, they offer the parts they've managed to salvage. Each turn you may buy the offered part, sell it to an anatomist for a meagre profit, or auction it, trying to get a better deal or rip off your opponents. You might be lucky and get a coffin with a weakling clerk cadaver in it, which can be used in lieu of any strapping villager's body part, or your involvement in the macabre trade may invoke the villagers' wrath. <gasps> uh, uh, uh. Anyway, it's a set collection and auction game for two to five players aged 12 to adults. A younger child would uh, be able to play it, but I guess the idea of uh, 
collecting dead bodies and the little images of hands being ripped off at, um, at the wrist and such like is probably a little bit too much for, for a sweet darling four year old and the parts are, parts are kind of swallowable for little kids as well uh, games tend to last 15 to 30 minutes in my experience it's close to the 15 mark but I'm a quick games player baby quick games anyway um, in the box you get some very nice uh, yellow pieces um, which make up the money you get lots of little cards of the body parts of your auction you get screens for each person and you get the, uh, the sort of the slab on which you're laying out your body parts it's a very nicely graphically done a fine looking game it's uh, published by a company called Reaver Games, uh, which some of you may not have heard of. Um, it's headed up by, by a guy that I know called Jackson Pope. Um, this isn't just a review because I know him, you know, I'm trying to get him a few sales. Actually, I rate this quite highly. And uh, I know a lot of people at Cast the Dice who got to play it with him. He was uh, sort of um, playing games with people, you know, showing people how it works. He got a good few sales out of it, and the general consensus was that it's a good game. So I would suggest getting in on it before. Um, he sells out because he's bound to. He sold out of his last game, Border Reavers, a game about um, sort of fighting up in Scotland, um, which sold very well and also got good reviews. So I'd highly recommend getting hold of it. It's alive while you still can. The uh, one of the beautiful things about Reaver games is that they're handmade. Yes, um, the parts may these days be sent off to a printer to do, you know, but you expect that kind of thing. But you know the boxes, the cards are hand cut out. They're hand crafted. They've uh, they're all made by uh, Jackson himself, who uh, sits there at night cutting his fingers to pieces for um, our amusements. <laughs> and, and boy, do I love him. Um, anyway, so it's, it's nice. It's handmade. I fully recommend it. It's fifteen quid. You know, gents and ladies. You, you know, you can't get many games in the UK for that these days. So I highly recommend getting it. Uh, so a quick run through the game. Um, say four people are playing, you've each got your screen, you've each got your slab which has nothing on you at the moment, you've got no body parts you uh, take your 12 gold, there's a pool of it in the middle and uh, all the cards, body parts and such like are placed face down in the middle of the room in the room? in the table uh, on your turn you um, have various choices in the first turn you kind of only really have uh, one choice to start with and that's you turn over the first card um, I'm doing it at home just so I can talk us through it on this it's a seven head um, each of the body parts have a value. Um, some parts are more valuable than others. So, for example, the uh, the head, the brain, the heart, and the chest have a higher value than the leg, arm, foot, and hand. Um, so, the head, the brain, the body, and the uh, heart are all rated between five or eight. And the idea is getting the most points at the end of the game. So, you want to complete your monster, or or, or kind of um, human as they like to be called, even if they look monstrous. Um, but you want to complete it, so you you know you want to rush to get as much as you can. But at the same time, you don't want to just get cheap stuff of everything. So a seven heads quite good. Um, I have a choice. I can buy it at that cost, and then my gold goes to the middle, so I can buy it for seven. Or I can sell it to an unscrupulous gentleman for half the amount rounded down, so I get three for it. I put it in what's called the graveyard, which is just a pile in front of me. Um, they go one on top of the other, and everyone has their own graveyard. Well, I can send it around in an auction. Now I could think, hmm, I'd, I'd have it for, perhaps I could get away with getting it for six or five. And if I don't, and someone else bids more, at least I get the money for it. So I might say, I'll, I'll buy it for five. If no one else wants it, I can have it for five, which is a saving, but of course it's a chance. So it's a once around auction, so if the person to the left of me says no, but the p next person says I'll pay six, and then, you know, they get it, they get it, I can't do anything about it. 
if the person next to them says seven, they get it. They give me the seven and they take the piece for their slab and their body. So that's simple enough. So that's how you can get money from selling stuff to the unscrupulous gentleman or from selling the pieces to other people. Then the next person turns over and they do the same thing. Um, you can get pieces from other people's graveyards if they've got a piece you really want, but you have to pay for that amount to get the piece to the middle and then you have to auction it, so you might have to pay for it twice. So it's an expensive thing to do. There's also a few other bits and pieces in there. There's like a wild card, which will count as any part of the body, and there are some uh, sort of the locals who uh, you have to pay off by paying them money or a body part to placate them and then you take that card and you can use that to pay off any other um, sort of peasant uprising or um, buy things from the graveyard to put into, sort of into play for the auction. So it's a very clever game, it's very smart. Um, played it three times I think it cost dice and I do really like it. I think I've raised it a seven. Um, the only thing that stopped it being an eight is the uh, peasant, um, the whole peasant thing which seems to be sometimes that the uh, if everyone gets the peasants apart from one person, that one person will tend to win um, if everyone gets peasants, then it's all left the playing field again. If only a couple get it, it's still quite level. But if like one person gets it, or everyone but one person gets it, then it can be a bit unbalanced in that way. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, because it's a 15-minute game, so it's a bit of fun. So, as a rated 7, which I don't tend to rate many short games more than a 7 anyway, it's a very good game. I play it a lot. Great fun. I'm going to try it one time without the, uh, the old locals and see how it goes. Um, I don't know how that might change the feel of the game a bit but I will let everyone know how it goes uh, when I've done that. But still, I do recommend it's a live fine game. Yehuda Berlinga, a salute to you. A salute to Jackson Pope and uh, Reva Games for selecting that one as the game to uh, to publish and release. I'd like to tell you now, it's uh, on Board Game Geek. It's currently rating at 7.4, which is very high. Um, it's ranked 1,278, but that's because they sort of... Uh, rank things down if it hasn't had many ratings to sort of stop like games getting to number one in the chart with only one rating um, but if it keeps that rating when it evens out that will be a very high position game indeed so I would suggest getting hold of It's Alive um, send an email to Jackson or go to their homepage and get one through there because it's a great game and you have a lot of fun playing it and best of all if you're the person the first person to complete the body get all eight body parts you have to lift your screen and in the rules you have to shout it's alive and while I don't hear enough people doing that you should because it's in the rules and that's excellent it tops off a very good game it should be a game it certainly should be a game. This is the uh, segment of the show where I look at something in life, be it a oh, so today, um, be it a sport or a book or a movie or just a facet of everyday life such as shopping that should be made into a board game. Uh, you never have too many different board games. I like board games that try to be a bit different, maybe have a strange theme to them. And so uh, this is my plan to implant ideas into game designers' heads that have far greater understanding of such things than myself. I'm the idea bringer but I can't, you know, necessarily produce the idea. Uh, so um, recently we've had such things as uh, last week we had darts, so I'm still waiting on someone to produce a board game about darts. I'm sure it will happen one day. We've had Christmas, we've had shopping, we've had the Eurovision Song Contest, we've had football management, a good football management uh, game, and so on. So uh, this week it's another sports but it's kind of a way of life as well. We had darts last week, uh, a game for the gentry, 
and uh, and the rich. And this week again, it's again for the the suited and booted, the uh, the splendidly looking, the women with their hair combed back and slipped back so tight that you could see a reflection in their hair. It makes their foreheads the size of of a bald man's forehead. Men with with top hats and monocles, maybe some tails flapping around. Ladies and gentlemen, ballroom dancing should be a game, and I will tell you why. I won't just leave you hanging there. Ballroom dancing has been a, a competitive uh, venture for a while now. Uh, the simplest idea is that a man and woman uh, grab each other's hands, dance around a room to a certain set of steps uh, with other people on a big dance floor. Uh, some people sit at the side rating them. Maybe uh, if, pe- if people are rubbish, they tend to get off and make more space for the good ones. who will then get through to the final with other good ones. And then the the uh, judges will tell the less good ones to get off to uh, make more space for the very good people and uh, so on until you're left with uh, one couple who are the winner of the day and uh, everyone that sit around the edges in their finery will applaud um, the, the man and the lady will bow or curtsy and uh, take the trophy it's a, a fine sport uh, I don't particularly like it although I do like the movie Strictly Ballroom an Aussie, uh, an Aussie film about uh, ballroom dancing and the uh, a guy trying to be a rebel in it and it's good fun and it's uh, probably better than dirty dancing which is a bit of a girly chick flick uh, whereas uh, Strictly Ballroom is for the men <laughs> anyway um, so it's ballroom dancing and see it working as a game very well you could have the board maybe as the dance floor as like the centre where you're, where most of your piece, piece lane will go then uh, there could be judge areas where you're trying to play influence to influence the judges to make them side with you you could be playing cards on other people so you could play a card to left feet which uh, makes them lose an overall mark which is bad which makes them more likely to be knocked out or uh, you could play banana skin you see uh, someone's maybe throwing a banana skin onto the floor and no one's noticed and they've slipped over or you could play uh, chewing gum on foot yeah, you see, see where I'm going. Where uh, their character kind of trips a little bit, and again they lose marks. So you're uh, playing cards against people to make them lose marks. So that ends sort of influencing the judges in an underhand kind of way. Not saying, of course, that this happens in ballroom dancing, but uh, board games sometimes have to be a little bit different to reality, um, just for the depth of that. And then people get voted off one by one by one by one until you have the winner at the end. I think it worked very well. I think the. Uh, the overall um, fan base for it would be uh, about as large as, uh, as some of the other games that I own. Um, I'd buy it and I'd play it for the fun of it. Maybe not buy it, I'd play it for the fun of it. I'd uh, play someone else's copy who'd borrowed it off someone who'd uh, b- got bought it by their mum for a bit of a laugh because they liked uh, disco dancing and ballroom dancing was similar to disco dancing. You know, something like that. I'd play it, it'd be good fun and uh, it'd be a good laugh. I can, I can see it working well. Uh, I can see high ratings for it, and therefore I think that game designers put down what you're doing. No more Renaissance games, okay? Unless you're thinking about setting ballroom dancing in Renaissance Italy. Oh, that'd be quite good, wouldn't it? Renaissance Italy ballroom dancing. You could have a nice, uh, a nice twirly uh, font with that. I can see the G of the dancing swiveling around the board. Oh, it's beautiful. So uh, if that's the only way it comes out by being Renaissance, so be it. But otherwise, modern day ballroom dancing make it a game because it should be it really should be a game anyway uh, that's pretty much all I've got time for today uh, my throat's a bit dry as you can tell I'm a poorly boy at least it's my day off um, 
last things last I would uh, very much like to thank Nick and Sue I hope they are listening uh, you better be um, for organising Cast the Dice it was a brilliant weekend uh, it started so well in that it cost 15 quid for the weekend if you're in for the weekend you get entered into a prize draw to uh, to sort of pick out a little meeple cast sticker from the fantastic meeplepeople.com people if that works yeah that makes sense um, draw it out whatever colour one you pick out you get to select a game from that table uh, Richard who I was there with got a red one which was sort of the cheapest table I didn't fancy my chance but I drew out like a grey which is like the second or third highest out of the six which is good and I managed to get a copy of Tara Seat of Kings which uh, people have been raving about especially a very good game 25 quid's worth of game as well I may add sealed for my 15 quid entry that's a good start to a con so thanks Nick and Sue that's brilliant what a start to the week eh? what a start to the weekend so I'm going to look forward to playing that I might give a little review on it at some stage but it's already been done on Gamescape they've reviewed it they love it so I may not bother but I'm sure it's going to be a good game so I'm going to look forward to that but yeah thanks to them they went above and beyond the Call of Duty on everything I'd, um, like I said I bought my copy of Funny Friends of Nick the week before from their website as I've done it over the phone with him um, and he just had it there waiting for me when I got there no point in posting it um, he remembered uh, the games that I wanted to get and that I was after he uh, told me that Tottenham were winning against Derby when I was over in his shop looking which uh, brought a tear to my eye and, uh, and a lump to my throat and some pride in my heart that we were starting to do well again and uh, I'm sure everyone that was there would agree they went above and beyond the call of duty and made the con it's, it's my favourite British con of the year to be honest you know no downer on the others because the others are great as well but this had more of a has more of a family feel uh, there's a lot more women there the vibe of it is it's slightly different it's very relaxed and ev- there's laughter ev- you're always hearing laughter everyone's there for fun and uh, they don't run any serious competitions at all it's just there to play 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 have a good time and get to know new people so uh, what I'd like everyone to do actually as it's the end of the show and for Nick and Sue I'd like everyone to uh, get to their feet if you're in the middle of a drink, a cup of tea, or a coke, or a water, or a beer, or anything stronger, uh, it stands your feet if you've got a drink, take it in your hand, if not, that's okay. If you're driving, please don't stand, just maybe a, a take a moment with us here. Um, if you're at work, no reason not to stand, you shouldn't be listening to a podcast anyway at work, you naughty boy or girl. And I'd like us to salute Nick and Sue for the weekend, so um, if you're joining with me in uh, toasting Nick and Sue, Nick and Sue. Hey. Nice one guys um, Sadly it looks like I'll be in Japan from next year onwards For the next few years So I might miss the rest of them But I wish you all the best And uh, I hope when I put on my next uh, Happy Happy Board Games Day That I'll see you guys again That would be brilliant So uh, that's for Nick and Sue And to you guys who are listening today Thank you very much uh, to my listeners The show wouldn't be the same without you Well it would But you know it wouldn't be quite as fun for me not getting any feedback so I thrive on feedback so any feedback at all do uh, leave it in the uh, the threads in Board Game Geek or my email hamsterfury at hotmail.com and uh, onwards with the next show I guess I'll see you all in a week or so and remember then to the competition if you want to if you missed it it's back in like the 6th minute or something um, so go for that and I'll see you all again next time cheerio Ooh, it's the discovery of the week.